Greetings, Grey Wolves. Amberly Frost here, coming to you from my secret writing lair, where I'm in edits on my forthcoming book, Dirtbag, now on pre-order. But Amber, I hear you say, I can't read anything that's not on a screen anymore. Don't worry. Dirtbag is written by ADHD for ADHD. Rapid cycling through memoir, journalism, essay, and shit talk. So fast you'll feel like you're just scrolling through the timeline, having fun with your friends online. And Dirtbag is full of dirt. You'll get politics. So are you guys ready for a radical idea? Gossip. I hear she does car commercials in Japan. Violence. Sex. And the most dangerous game... Podcasting. <laughs> what a fucking stupid show. <laughs> Holy shit. So click the damn link and pre-order Dirtbag. Not for me, but for spite. Because if enough people buy my book, the New York Times has to print it. And they're gonna hate that. Um, are y'all are are y'all a fan of TikTok? You like TikToks? Yes, dude. Oh my god, <laughs> the way the socialist kids on there, like when they do a dance and there's a label that says like depression, and then there's one that says capitalism, and then there's one that says my teacher, and then there's one that says uh, thirty five year old man from Twitter harassing me <laughs> and TikToks. <yes. laughs> um, dude, it's watch out, Jeff kisses of Amazon. <laughs> It's the hottest new social media platform, and I think that we need to uh, get in on some of its trends. And uh, one of the big trends on TikTok now is questions for boys. It's like, you know, you're supposed to duet. You know, it's like a duet is a feature on TikTok where you can sort of like answer people's questions directly to them. And I think we could do uh, a version of a version of these for us. And this is must credit Mike Racine, who's um, doing some amazing work on tiktok these days please check out mike, Rac- mike, Rac- mike yeah mike racine's the way he's taken to video he's the only media entity that did a good job pivoting to video so he's been he's been the only one in history uh racine has been doing um yeoman's work um answering questions uh about boys from girls but for today's episode i thought we would kick things off with questions from a real life girl I- i've brought one with me hi it's me a girl Damn, WME came in good. They have girls. <laughs> Shout out to our agents for getting us girls. All right, boys, you ready for this? This is questions for boys, part one. Like for part two. Do you like blondes or do you like brunettes? Gotta be. I'm team blonde all the way. You gotta keep this rapid fire. Team blonde. Well, I of course, you know, when we watched the movie uh, 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 Unforgettable or whatever the fuck it was called, the John Stewart movie about how you know we should solve problems. Uh, I, I like a type of uh, very cruel blonde woman, but really any type of hair is <laughs> fine. Really, I think they're all beautiful. Yeah, uh, bald, preferably. Honestly, hair is fascist. Does it piss you off when we can't figure out where to eat? Oh my god, nothing gets me more tilted. <laughs> nothing gets me more yeah. fucking tilted. All right, Seriously, calm down. Just, calm down. I mean, like, just you're asking me what to eat for dinner. I give you, I give you an answer, and then it's like, no, not that. 
Save this. I, save this for a relationship therapist. Well, this is save this, this for when, Thursday. Okay, it's just you're here to ask TikTok questions. Okay, all right, all right, babe. All right, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna flip it on its head here. When you know you're doing the thing with a girl where she's like, I don't know, where do you want to eat? Uh, they like it when you take command and by take go, I don't know, I'm hungry, and then say that you have a stomach ache and sort of like <laughs> crawl on the floor. <laughs> Let out something that's more pathetic than a cry. You're too weak to cry. I, I obviously it's always irritating when you can't decide on what to have for dinner. But I can't get too angry because I will admit that I, in general, uh, have a difficult time picking too. That Libra energy, I just can't make a choice. So I sympathize with the ladies on that one. But uh, yeah, of course, it's always irritating. I'm a I'm a Gemini, so sometimes I want sushi. Sometimes I want a Samsung Galaxy. <laughs> Uh, and sometimes you want both. Yeah. I like, I, I don't know. I, um, you know, every five years when I'm with a girl <laughs> and we're figuring out what to eat, it, it can get irritating. But I, from growing up around women, like a lot of people don't know this, my mom's actually a woman. <laughs> I have a process of elimination. Women were women were very important to Felix's childhood growing up. Yeah, they're, they're a huge deal. Like the two main things, the three things for me were stairs. That was big. <laughs> Stairs were a big part of my childhood. <laughs> Women, because of my mom and my sister, of course, and uh, Christmas. Those are the three things. But uh, so you just you got to narrow it down. Like it can get annoying, but you can be like, okay, like, um, what's your name again? Like, what are you a vegetarian? I forgot. We we probably talked about it for two hours. I was looking at my phone. They updated the Dark Souls or wikipedia um <laughs> okay do you are you if you're a vegan do you want to eat like a vegan sandwich where they you know make a piece of wheat that they say is a hamburger or do, do you want to do you want a bowl are you one of those bowl do, are do you are you one of those bowl women <laughs> a lot of women are bowl ladies women love food bowls i do love Food yeah. bowl. Women love food bowls. So, you know, well, it's because, it, yeah, it's because a bowl is sort of a puzzle. It's like you've <laughs> got to find out where the peas are and the lettuce. And it's like, it's what you give to higher primates. I'm not saying women are apes. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying that they find it to be an enrichment exercise. <laughs> and typically, like, if your girlfriend is, like, letting out high pitched, like, screams and, like, scratching the walls and biting you. It's because she isn't getting enough enrichment, and you have to give her more bowls. And perhaps she doesn't know where to eat because she's not getting enough enrichment. Food for thought, That's folks. So, yeah. Let's go to the yes. next question. Um, do you notice when we like other guys' tweets? No, I'm not. I'm not about that. That jealousy is for that's for Connors. I'm I'm a, I'm a wolf. So you know, yeah, if you're if you're a true alpha, you don't concern yourselves with the the likes of sheep. I don't. I I, I really like don't concern myself too much. Uh, I do have put spyware on every woman's <laughs> computer. And I know when she so much as hovers over the abbey of another man. And I will tell both the man whose tweet she faved, abbey she enlarged, likes, you know, she looked at, and her that I will kill myself. I mean, it's like, you know, uh, yeah, liking another guy's tweets, that's one thing. Uh, liking another guy's podcast, you know, if you're in a relationship, you're a podcaster, and let's say your girlfriend, like your podcast, is probably like their, I don't know, generously third or fourth favorite podcast behind Come Down and YKS. Um, you know, like that can, I mean, you know, even even someone enlightened by grim and brutal truths can sometimes, you know, be, 
you know, a, a little bit, a little bit, get a little sensitive about that. You know, like but. what a what a girlfriend is for is to push you to always be your best, always be pushing you to be better, always, always um, competing with other alpha males. So if I were You're you, right. I, I would be, I would be thanking any theoretical girlfriend for that. You're right. Iron sharpens iron. And, you know, like the, the cum boys and Chapo, it's just like we got to we're, we're like the iron yeah. smashing against each other. And by that, I mean our dicks. And Catherine's heard as usual. I mean, Thank you. I can I, I don't like I don't have a, a girlfriend. I don't. Uh, no oh, you heard it here you. first, there's, folks. Felix is single. I don't, I don't want anyone. I walk alone. I stand alone. <laughs> Godsmack. <laughs> um, but I do have a family. And my my podcast is the second favorite podcast in the family. You could. I don't know if anyone's astute enough to guess what their favorite podcast is, but let's put it this way. Everyone in my family who isn't me is a woman or a gay man. <laughs> so, you know, what do you think it is? But that's okay because it's like, okay, that's like, I don't make one of those. They make one of those and like, you know, it's the way that's the way the ball rolls. Yeah, it's. it's uh, I'm not. I'm not hurt by it. Yeah, the separation of podcasting laborers. Are you ready for another question? It is. Oh yeah. Uh, what's the one thing you really wish we knew about dudes rock? That it's that they do. Yeah. I wish they would yeah. accept it it's once and for all. I, I I wish when what, what I wish women would know about dudes rock is that dudes rock and they're going to keep on rocking. Yeah, there's nothing. They honestly, more than anything, it's accept it because it will not stop. Dudes aren't going to stop rock- rocking anytime soon. I um, I don't think dudes can fully rock without women rocking. Oh, cheapy! Yeah, that's oh, right. Cheapy! Right. Wow. Okay. This is oh, shout out! Shout out to all the women. <laughs> this <laughs> is like this is like the feel, find Felix a girlfriend telethon. Yeah, no, right Felix, here. If, if, Felix, Felix, you will not. You no, you will not. You will not get an, a smoke show by going full Connor on our podcast no yeah. i'm a, this is no this is a new thing that's neither connor nor mubarak this is like <laughs> sort of a sigma type person. oh it's a like, sigma his, male you've removed yourself his, from the hierarchy yeah his name is like at he's french canadian it's etienne <laughs> i'm being an etienne felix is going to remake the rupee cower um the honey video soon oh did you guys did you guys see that yeah did you see it actually can we, can yeah, we watch I that did. hold on yeah. i'm gonna send it to chris this right now this is all women's favorite uh, artist who Rupi Kaur. Okay, hold on a second. It's, it's oh, the only the, the poet, the poetess. It's the only poet, poet that, that yeah. women are allowed to like. She's very Instagrammable. All right, here we go. Yes, so putting it in the chat now. Let's get some. Of that, let's let's get some of that live, laugh, love going. That's poetry. You must have known you were wrong. No, I didn't. When your fingers were dipped inside me, <laughs> searching for honey. That would not come for you. I mean, oh, it's just, okay, okay, fellas, okay, fellas, okay, if you okay, got your fingers okay, in there is... searching for honey, you're looking in the wrong plot, looking in the wrong Okay, this space. is, I am notorious for my finger blasting technique, <laughs> where, that's the scientific name, I don't know why people are laughing, that's what, my, that's what my doctor calls it when he tells me to stop doing this, but you know. Got the rheumatiz. You put it in there. You want to kind of like put your ring finger over your middle finger because this um what? this gives this uh, gives you hypertrophy in the forearm, <laughs> like forearms. and you put it in there. And then what I do is I put it in there. I make sort of like a an ampersand shape, and then I pull it out and I lick my fingers off. 
and I go, ooh, that's the stuff. <laughs> and, yeah, that's good stuff. And there have been a lot of articles written about me in babe.com about how good I am at that. They're sort of the opposite of these Z's and sorry articles. They're like, local man does awesome thing. I just so want to know why this me. lady is trying to have sex with Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> How are you going to say yes to a dude who's, uh, whose pickup line is, oh, bother? Come on, Winnie lady. More self-respect, in, please. He's been in entertainment for like 70 years. He's so rich. I actually... Winnie the Pooh is like a billionaire. He buy some fucking pants then. He's so goddamn rich. My first draft of this poem um, was the same, except he was fishing around in there like with Dorito dust hands, um, you know, like looking for that last chip. <laughs> He's looking for his keys. Well, women, that's good for women's, like, entire thing when you get that dust in there. <laughs> feel like that. Yeah, you should, you should treat a woman's pussy just like a couch. You know, things fall in there all the time. You gotta, you gotta like, yeah. you gotta vacuum, you know. Yeah. There's always some kind of mystery crumb. Sometimes there's something sticky in there. A woman is not a crust of bread that fell off your back after you <laughs> fell asleep on your couch. <laughs> a man... A man isn't a sable that you found outside, and you're like, I rescued it. You're right. They're never as cute or as intelligent yeah. or as uh, uh, you know, good to train with tricks. Yeah. Most men can't do the tricks a sable can do. All right. Any more, any more questions for boys? Uh, yes. Can, can women be funny? No. Like, can we really be funny? Duet this with your answers. I am. You guys are going to call me a Connor for this. But this is like, this is unironic. Women and men are, like, funny and unfunny at the same rates, I feel like. Like, everyone's... The whole thing of women aren't funny, it's like there are a lot of men who make other men laugh just by quoting Anchorman. <laughs> and that's not, like, really being fun. There's no, like, really woman equivalent to that. But, like, the way women are funny is incredibly fucking mean and, like, elaborate. In my experience. In my experience with, like, maybe it's just the women in my family. But I don't think it is. I think the uh, I think the female equivalent of the anchorman thing. I I do think there's still a subspecies of woman where like they still quote Mean Girls to each other. I think that's the only yeah no yeah, that that's true that's true. But I do think my addendum to this is that that type of funny woman is very underrepresented in media because the type of shit they do give you is like who loves shopping and that's like. I don't know. I think about a lot of like very cruel, funny women I know. And it's just like there's not a lot in media that is like that. It's I mean, I think because people react like really negative to that. If a man and a woman tell like equally mean jokes, people will get madder at the woman because the woman's supposed to be good. You know, I mean, I think it's just it's a matter of different energies. You know, like it's just like if 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 you, if you see a guy and he's being funny, it's like it's making you laugh. You see a woman and she's being funny. It's making you think. Sort of going. Damn, mm, mm. Oh, that's true. That's, that, that's a that's a joke that you know, like it's it made me go. Hmm. You know, makes you think about how we live in a society, whereas you know, male male laughs are kind of ephemeral. You know, you don't think about that joke again. Um, yeah, like a male laughter is like when I see someone get hurt. I'm like female laughter is like when I see like my country hurting. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the funniest accounts I follow are are also like things I'm afraid to even fave because it would cause like a five day thing if people saw it like so fucking mean. 
And that's mostly girls. So women are say. funnier than men is what you're saying. Just different energies. Different energies. I mean, different, it's, it's, different, different energies. Like, like they have a far greater capacity for like verbal cruelty in a way that I think is amazing. I mean, like women. I mean, like if if a lot of people out there say women aren't funny, but like they, I mean, like they're just they're they're thinking of like one person in particular who's not funny. They're not thinking of like, for instance, a wealthy dowager getting pie on her, <laughs> or like falling down That's some true. stairs. What about uh, what if a suburban mom danced to a rap song? Damn, now that's funny. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Now that well, is you know funny. what? I mean, there's a lot of that on TikTok. So maybe it's just like TikTok is 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 the female comedy app. There are a lot women of, on TikTok are getting getting funnier, and it's making men nervous. <laughs> I mean, like men would rather answer girls' questions on TikTok than go to therapy. That's it's right. Is that's that, right. Is, is that a joke? I don't know, but it kind of make, it makes you think, though. It makes you think. Like and share. I'm going to see if I can get banned for, from TikTok for a very specific type of hate speech. I think you would do well on TikTok, Felix. I have to find a face narrowing list. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm going to go on TikTok. Just do it, man. Just just let the face Those sell are- ads on the face. Just yeah, it. One, one cheekbone starts in my bathroom. <laughs> one goes to the foyer of my building. But I can write things like, capitalism and depression on them (laughs) (laughs) well there we go i mean for those um you know the the thing is like funny or not you know like if if you ask a woman to do something like come up with some tiktok questions for you you gotta you gotta you know i asked for tiktok questions she gave me six um 75 dollars no i'm giving her i'm giving her 100 you guys have the model relationship like will you take Catherine to uh you'll go on like a cute uh day trip to hawaii Mm -hmm. from new york very true. I mean, obviously yeah. not recently, but you know, it's just like yeah. okay, if Catherine's up every day before eight o'clock, doing her doing her job. Uh, um, All uh, true. Just yep. re- reading books. Yes, sir. Getting smarter. Mm-hmm. Um, looking beautiful. For that, you gotta pay. You gotta got to give him some money. That's just, right. It's just the way to the way to be nice. The way to relate to women is by giving them money. This is what I. This is what I've learned. Buying them Louis Vuittons and putting them all in a in a closet for them to find someday. I just I, I have I have probably seventy uh, Birkin bags. That, like I just I, I give to Catherine like just as surprises. You know we've we've go, we've gone through about thirty of them so far over the course of our, our relationship. But I want to keep things fun and interesting by you know just just breaking them out, breaking them out when when Catherine uh, does something good, like uh, and yeah, like get up in the morning. <laughs> Most women can't get up in the morning. You have to reward that. Like it, if you have a good relationship, like Will and Catherine have, it should cost the man seventeen point five million dollars a year. <laughs> it does. It does. And it does. Yeah. No. It, it does. And thanks to the credit derivative swaps we've been selling, you know, Will's able to fund that lifestyle. I'm actually trying to get into. Um, I'm only going to start charging you in Bitcoin soon. You know, I, I was big early into crypto for wife taxes. If you if you can come up consistently with what you want to eat for dinner or what TV show you want to watch, that's another Birkin bag right there. That's, that feels incredibly targeted. <laughs> that's, that's, not, that's not okay. All right, that was that was questions for boys by a girl. Let's start the show. We're back, 
and uh, as you might have surmised already, our guest for today's show, uh, joining me along with Felix and Matt, is of course Catherine Krieger of Discourse Blog. Hello, hello. This is, this is a big get. This is a coup for us. Yeah, I had to. I didn't even have to change rooms. I just had to move six inches over. Catherine was like what, like our like third guest ever. Uh, I was a little bit later like, than that. Pretty early, it was very on. early on in the show. I, I think I was like your third subscriber. Um, and when Will and I started dating, I was like, you know, at what point can I just like, can I just trim that extra five bucks a month? But I'm still hanging on because that's 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 women supporting men right there. Thank you. Yes. Um, all right. Well, uh, let's let's start the show for real this time. And uh, did you guys see um, Joe Biden fall on his ass uh, walking upstairs? The Air Force One. It classic. was pretty good. Yeah. Immediately classic. There's nothing funny. <laughs> about that, about how the ca- the carpet fell off the stairs and he got rolled up into it, and spun for two hours, and they couldn't stop him. A bunch of eagles picked up the carpet and dropped it down a chimney, and he ro- he rolled down a chimney and like fell fell out and spit soot out of his mouth and said, "Whoa, special delivery, man!" And and every time he tried to stand up, he stood on another rake and got beamed in the nose. This reminded me of like one of the well, I actually got I got in trouble when Splinter R.I.P. still existed multiple times. But one of the things I got in the most trouble for next to the 9-11 tweet was um, I had this headline about Mitch McConnell when he fell down and it was Mitch McConnell fall down. And I didn't know he had polio at or, you know, had had polio. So they made me like, you know, change the headline. You that's know, how, that's it, how old that motherfucker it, it is. It was seen as ableist, <laughs> you know, in some circles of the Internet. So, you know, I made sure uh, Pol- Google uh, has Joe. Twitter, polio Twitter went wild. Oh, yeah, I was yeah. I was Googling has Joe Biden had polio just to make sure I was on <laughs> firm ground with this one. Uh, uh, Splinter got so many angry telegrams after the yeah. polio bit. <laughs> Catherine has like a specific like everyone has like a group of people that yell at them the most. For me, it's active members of Mossad. <laughs> but uh, for Catherine, it's like conservatives who like pretend to be offended by things. Where it's like, yeah, absolutely a guy a guy who works for the Child Molestation Institute is like wow, real nice for anyone reading polio who saw this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. He's the only living guy with any polio scar. I write for childbuggers.com, and I think it's frankly disturbing that you would be allowed to tweet this. Yeah. I mean, the funny thing about Joe Biden um, trying repeatedly and failing to walk upstairs is that, like, it's immediately, it's just in the funniest way possible, and, like, people have chosen their sides on this in a way that directly, directly contradicts exactly the position they were taking when Trump was president on both sides. Like, it's really good. Like, I'm looking at, um, uh, I'm a fan of this uh, website. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's called Snopes.com. It's sort of a sort of a good resource to determine what things are true. Yeah, can and we not get a can we get across. a fact check on this? Yeah, no. So uh, this is Snopes.com. What did Biden fall on stairs to Air Force One? Rating mostly false. Excuse me. What? <laughs> we all saw, I saw that shit. We all saw. I it. watched that shit. He fell. His ass fell down. Snopes, three Snopes times. Is gaslighting us. Snopes is gaslighting us. And it us says now. you're mostly false. And it says what's true? President Biden appears to have stumbled and slightly lost his footing while climbing the stairs onto Air Force One. He did like he fell. He fell three times. It was not slightly. Again and again and again. Yeah. But this was like yeah. And it goes what's false? President Biden did not fall completely. The president gained his footing and composure moments after a brief stumble. 
President Ke- President Kennedy had a brief issue finishing the motorcycle, <laughs> but he's mostly able to finish it. Recover the back of President Kennedy's skull took a, a slight tumble. <laughs> this is not an original uh, observation, but you really can trace the degradation of internet culture in the way that Snopes went from a very handy source to find out like. Is Mikey the kid from the Life Serial? Did he actually explode from eating Pop Rocks or not? And just be able to clear through some of the, you know, the bric-a-brac of urban legends to now it's just DNC press releases. It's just pure propaganda. Yeah. Actually, uh, Obamacare uh, is better than uh, Medicare for All. That's uh, mostly true. Like, like yeah. uh, actually, it turns out that the whole thing about, like, us uh, some sort of objective criteria, like determining... Uh, the, like the validity of a of a of a truth statement. No, we're here to just like kind of tell you how you should feel about the news. A watershed Snopes moment for me was um, googling whether or not Brian Peppers was dead. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how far we've fallen. I I hope not. I love those X Men movies. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, like like all the um. All, all the fucking like the guys who like made their made their bones just like sharing a video of Trump doing anything like people found like all their tweets from like when he was drinking water funny or when he slid down that ramp awkwardly where they were like, um, uh, walking up the stairs challenge. Uh, go. How about how about I would love to see Biden and Trump have a stair walking competition. A water drink off. <laughs> yeah. I like I want a president who can sip water the normal way. And then, like, uh, and then, hilariously, for their point, like, all the, all the, all the Trump people are like, "This is, this is really." I mean, we can't have a president who can't walk upstairs. Like, uh, you know, like, like ignoring the like hundreds of like jaw droppingly stupid and just generally like uh, strange and um, questionable things that Trump did and said, and like not just like said, but like with his body, the way the way his body. Like, moves through space. It's moves just through. so bizarre. The way he, is, he carries... I, I miss seeing the way he carries his body through space, honestly. Nobody did bodies in spaces like Trump did. I mean, that's... He, 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 he did it with body. such punch. Yeah. 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 thing you want about the guy, he was a body in a space. <laughs> he sure well, yeah, was. He, he had such a unique way of breathing what and a walking body. that... You know, grasping objects. It's just—it's just not a way that would inspire confidence when it's the leader of your country. You know what I mean? Did you? Okay. And best of all, did you see? Did you see Madison Cawthorn's take where he was just like, the, the, he was like, the world is a windy place. We need a president who can stand. And I was like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> maybe he like doesn't know he can't walk. He's but, like Locke from Lost. I, and I do love all. He's like, of, I can't um, leave DC. It's the only place I can walk. <laughs> <laughs> I do love the, the liberals who are just like, yeah, but Trump, Trump, would, Trump was, uh, he, he never fell down. I'm sorry. It's true. I'm sorry. He, yes, he, he had the thing with the stairs where he held the hand of the general, which was funny, but he never fell on his ass. I'm sorry. This, and if he had, you would have shit yourself about how you need, he needed the fucking 25th Amendment immediately. I'm going to write a take about how I actually don't want a president who can walk upstairs without tripping. And like that's um, the, it's it's a it's an op of some kind. He's doing dominance politics. Do you think that do you think that Trump like he was able to walk up the stairs and he just wanted to hold the general's hand? <laughs> that's like kind of what I think. He does. Lo- yeah, he does he loves very, he loves the generals. He loves the generals. Loves generals. Big yeah. guys. How how much money would you would have given would you have given to just like see Trump be able to live tweet that that reaction to him watching the falling oh, down I video just, though? 
We we need him back Probably on Twitter. Yeah. We need him back on Twitter. COVID. Like, we've lost so well, much. Well, apparently, in the past you guys, year. he's going to launch his own platform soon. Um, give give your routing number, social security number, and checking account number uh, to join the join um uh, Trump app. Yeah, no, you'll be instantly uh, identity theft stolen, <laughs> but you get to see the tweets. It's worth it. Well, I mean, once that happens, then we can just get the screenshots on Twitter. But like, I just think like a a, a big part about like if we're ever going to return to normal, like we need to give, we need to let, we just need to acknowledge, like, yeah, like okay, it was bad when he was president and it was dangerous. But now that he's just a guy with a golf course, it's funny as hell. Like, we, we need his thoughts. There needs to be a path back for former presidents <laughs> to be funny again. You know, they shouldn't just be, be cast out of the public square forever. I mean, especially since you can't even honestly really make an argument anymore that he was worse than Biden on any of the major stuff. Like, uh, is Biden turning the screws on Iran the same way that Trump did? He's uh, brink- doing brinksmanship with China the way that Trump did. There's 5,000 kids in cages right now. Fucking stacking up migrant children at the border the way that Trump did. By the way, so, we having, what, what having a is bonus even the incentive here? What, what, is, what is the distinction I'm supposed to make? It really is like, what kind of old guy do you prefer? What kind of senility do you like watching? And I say both. Why not both, as the girl <laughs> from, the, uh, from the El Paso taco commercial said. Have them both be president. I actually just checked Snopes, and the, the girl from the El Paso salsa commercial did not fall into a corn thresher after filming that line. <laughs> that, that was mostly false. Um, but yeah, like it's just uh, it, it, it's just a competition now again to like who can who can directly invalidate their position on is it is it important that a president be able to walk from like three months ago to today? Because yeah, like it, it just I mean, you remember how funny it was when Trump got COVID? That was hilarious. That was very funny. That was a great day. That was one of the funniest, uh, like week long periods of the entire presidency. And then, like when, now, when he got suited up on uh, steroids and was told, talked about he got gay and wanted to kiss everybody. And then he did no. that. Yeah, he did that, that weird cool. walk to uh, to the helicopter. It was great. No, but like, and and now if you, if you laugh at Biden falling downstairs, like you have to get like deal with like the chorus of people who are like, um, yeah, like I I know you think you're funny about your joke about Biden falling down the stairs are funny and you're laughing at it, but all your friends who are also uh, eighty five year old presidents um, with de- declining <laughs> mental capacity are also seeing these and they don't think it's so funny. Well, I'll tell you right now, as somebody who falls down a lot, uh, it's very funny, and I give anybody permission to laugh at it. They have it. There you have it. Yeah, you have it. Well, uh, moving on to a. Uh, Another topic that uh, I'm thinking about this week um, is like you know we we talked briefly about the uh, the Harry and Meghan interview with uh, with Oprah and you know like they're 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 taking down the royal family you know I mean it's like, over it's, it's over it's over the, the free ride is over for these bums they're, they're getting kicked out the um, the British Empire the Commonwealth uh, common poor more like it because nice. this shit is done this shit is done I mean if people found out that these fucking just emaciated lizards have like slightly retrograde social attitudes regarding race and gender then i think the whole fucking house of cards is coming down but the interesting thing here now is that like because this has now been you know uh, absorbed into this like uh you know culture war like you know uh just race and gender debate like conservatives now have to take a position on it that it like you know i wouldn't say it directly contradicts their previous like it's not like they've ever They've always had kind of an affection for monarchy because they, they obviously hate democracy, but it's sort of like the British monarchy in particular. Like they, I think they, 
am I crazy or did they seem to like used to have a little bit more brio about the American Revolution and like, you know, overthrowing King George, the tyrant and stuff like that. But now, like, I I just have this piece here in National Review about how good uh, Britain's monarchy is and how important it is for America. And it's just there's there's just an odd thing going on here now where it's just like they, they because they view that like the left is attacking, you know, Prince Philip and Queen Elizabeth, they have to defend them. The left poses an existential threat to the British monarchy. You know, I mean, someone, someone's got to defend them. Yeah, no, this is like, I have to say, like, I'm used to some pretty lame shit with, like, left-right culture wars, but this is the shittiest one. Oh, brutal. Like, we, we kind of, we kind of, we we're, we're getting the resin out of the pipe here. We're running yeah. out of shit. We got to go yeah. to fucking look at those across the pond to fucking get mad about something. Mr. Potato Head doesn't cut it anymore. And that was like two weeks ago. I knew this guy from who is like an opiate addict, and he told me that he would, uh, like when he was out of pills, he would lick white t-shirts that had residue of the pill oh. guy in Opal. Oh. He's actually doing really well now. <laughs> okay, all right. But I just like always... Well, shout shout out to that guy. No, that guy, no, that guy is like fucking on his shit now. He's a good guy, but uh, I mean, it's like the, the what, he he probably has no idea this podcast exists, or I use that as an example. But that's what that's what uh, I'll give his full name in the, the premium episode if you guys want. Yeah, to. everyone, everyone, go uh, go find that but, guy. But Let him know. This is the equivalent of that because it's like we got a hint of this in you know when Trump visited the UK and was like, oh look at all the shade Queen Elizabeth is doing, and it's like. Yeah, they've never met a guy. They've never met anyone as awful as Donald Trump, <laughs> a racist sex guy who hangs out with a, Jeffrey. A racist Epstein. guy who's like kind of a pedophile or something like that's the first they've ever seen of someone like that. That's not at all what every man in that family is fucking like. This was like, didn't it, this interview happen like uh, about a week or so after the report came out? Just apropos of nothing that the that uh, Queen Elizabeth and Prince philip travel with blood yeah blood yeah. With their own supply of blood their blood problem as problem? in they fought it bloodborne's real i don't I, I don't know who doesn't do that every all, all my homies do that i mean what are people if not blood bags i mean like your your body is in a sense like Whoa. a portable blood transportation Whoa. vehicle yeah so why is it so messed up to take your own blood out of your body and then you're you're putting it back later zero percent chance that it's their blood by the that's way bodily <laughs> autonomy. that's autonomy yeah. my body my that's choice they bought that blood on the on the fucking black market they got it at uh at Jimmy Savile Row. That's where they went down to find out. <laughs> That's like what I thought. It's like limited hangout. It's like, oh, no, we travel with blood. Definitely our own. Yeah. Like, <laughs> my, my the blood's style. their own, silly. It's not yeah. It's not from orphans. And, you know, yeah. like this idea that like oh, the, the, the left is attacking the monarchy. I mean, I suppose if you're on the left, like being anti-monarchist is, you know, a pretty, pretty standard position. But I got to say, if you're talking about America... There's only been one man who's taken the correct position on the royal family this entire time, and he is neither left nor right. He is Lyndon LaRouche, and mm-hmm. he yes. knows that Queen Elizabeth is the world's biggest drug dealer. Yep. He never yeah. spared those limey freaks. No, he's like... He was he, a visionary. Like, he's, he actually never, like, there is never a moment where anyone could have told him earn or, like, do better, but especially not now. Like... He was so right about everything. I mean, also the thing about classical music. Of course. Ver- Verdi that's, pitch is the only legitimate yeah, pitch. That's massive facts. We should bring him back to life. I mean, I know that technology exists. Yeah, it 100% does. Yeah. You should bring him back. 
Joe Biden probably dies like every day, and it's like <laughs> they just br- they just bring him back. Yeah, and yeah, why not? Why not him? <clears throat> just uh, reading here from the uh, National Review here, it says uh, the left's demolition campaign has a better chance of succeeding today thanks to the stupefying ignorance of the history of Britain's constitutional monarchy, which afflicts even the most highly educated. Now is a ripe time to refresh our memories of the monarchy and recall the debt which Americans owe the political ideals and institutions it helped create. So he's going to give a little history lesson here about the monarchy. And he says here, yes. uh, no other political system at the time anywhere in the world upheld these basic concepts of justice foundational to the American constitutional order. They still have no place in many parts of the world today. The British monarchy, despite its often contentious relationship with parliament, became an indispensable ally in the struggle for self-government. The glorious revolution marked another milestone in constitutionalism. And so he's just going on here about like all the revolutions and wars that were fought in England to like wrench back some fucking power from their, <laughs> you know, ordained by God ruling family. And they're just like, yeah, it all, you know, it's all good. Like they, they were pioneers in uh, allowing a parliament to exist. Um, but he, he is kind of right, though, that like the founding fathers do sort of like owe a debt of gratitude to the royal family because like people like to think of the American Revolution like it's this break with um like the the dominant sort of like world empire when really it was just sort of like an insurrection to put it under new management a changing of hands and like to the extent that like you know the britain's constitutional monarchy like contains within it the seeds of our own republic and the constitution and the declaration of independence like to the extent that's correct i mean like that is the reason why those things uh stink and our government yeah it sucks constitution is bad and uh, in large part because the people who wrote it wanted to maintain the order, the social order the propagated by British uh, monarchism with a gloss of uh, popular legitimacy. You know what? I you, The way you guys are sounding, you sound like you need to be in a movie, a Christian movie, where you get run over by a car and you wake up and you're given CPR by Ben Franklin. brought back to life. And he, like, takes you on a tour of colonial Williamsburg and explains how the constitution helps everyone. And then you like, you meet us, you, you're like, no, no, Hey, what the hell, what the hell, what the hell's going on? Remember when, uh, we watched that movie where that happened and Franklin wearing khakis disarmed a home invader. That was pretty great. Ben Franklin invented Aikido. (laughs) A lot of people like, it's another case of the Japanese stealing things that fat white Americans invented. Electricity, Aikido, the stove, bifocals. Yeah, yeah. and these are all things the Japanese claim to have invented. Um, Yeah, it's fucked up. And it's a tale as old as time. A lot of people don't know this. Ben Franklin also invented the finger blasting technique that uh, Felix uh, said that claimed that he was pioneering earlier. The sort of ampersand style knuckle thing. No, it was Ben Franklin did that first. He was the, all those French widows, he was just making oh god he was just he was just he was, he was playing sur- the violin he was surfing yeah he was surfing do you know uh. do you know what do you know what he uh, uh. called that <laughs> what problem you know what he called that when he invented it what uh <laughs> he called it the famished cobbler <laughs> <laughs> classic finger blasting technique that's uh, everyone, those are my favorite everyone knows this one those are my favorite history writings are the ones where it's like they talk about some big fat guy from history and they're like he had he was a man of enormous appetites in every sense. Yeah, they're like they're like he would eat an entire rotisserie chicken and then fifteen clams and <laughs> a bunch of cream that someone put in a top hat. 
and then he would have greasy sex where he just fell asleep inside a 23-year-old. And he was the greatest man who ever lived. You know, it's just it's interesting. I'm the, I'm the professor I'm the professor of him before at Brown University. And, and this is why the monarchy is worth upholding. Uh, before 1977, approximately, the longest any man lasted during intercourse was um, 45 seconds. And it was yes. Ben Franklin no, set absolutely. the record. Well, the only guys who could, like, have sex longer were this is another type of guy that doesn't exist anymore unfortunately like we don't really have ben franklin's <laughs> and we definitely don't have this guy uh the toughest guy in the world who was gay in a way where he just was disgusted by seeing women so he joined the military and became the greatest military ruler of his age and there were a lot of those guys and when they would have to have kids alexander the gay so yeah when they would have to have kids, it would probably take them a really long time to bust. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, when you need a prince, existing. you know, the, the job must get done simply. I mean, you got a stiff upper lip. Yeah. Um, well, credit to Fre- to Frederick the Great, because he was like probably the king of those guys. Oh, yeah. He just ne- he like never even like met his wife. <laughs> yes. They, they, they were like, you have to make a prince. You're like the monarch. And he was like, oh, yuck. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Get this gross bitch out of yeah, here. He sent her a nut in like a, a stamped envelope. <laughs> yeah, go go do something with it. I don't care. Yeah. Fuck you. You're disgusting. He, uh, he, he, I hate you. He nutted on the envelope and then pressed one of those seals onto yeah, the, the seal. Yeah. Yeah. She, she, had to, she had to thaw it off, melt it. Uh, just this is uh, the desk review guy, Joseph Lacante, uh, chair of, uh, of, of Queen Studies at uh, King's College. Uh, no, he says here... Um, the impact of all this on the American founders was profound, not only on the concepts embedded in the Declaration of Independence and Bill of Rights, but also on the very structure of the Constitution itself. So there you go. He's saying it, not me. Uh, he goes on to say there's some more history lessons about the, uh, the history of the Britain's monarchy. It is true, of course, that Great Britain built a massive colonial empire that was deeply engaged in the African slave trade. The monarchy approved through royal charter the forcible enslavement of millions of human beings. With the support of but... Parliament with the support of Parliament and the Royal Navy, Great Britain earned the lamentable status as the lead slave trading nation in the world. <laughs> the left views this history as an indelible stain on the monarchy. It is a racist institution to its core, they claim. Yet the monarchy, as the political guardian of the Church of England, was eventually confronted by the Christian conscience of Parliament, quickened by evangelical reformers such as William Wilberforce and Hannah More. Once Parliament outlawed the slave trade in 1807, the British Crown authorized the Royal Navy to enforce the new law on the high seas. Decades before the United States faced the issue head-on in the Civil War, the British monarchy led the world in abolishing the institution of slavery number that one, they created. Number yeah. one for slavery, <laughs> yes. number one for abolishing <laughs> yeah. slavery. That's so, right. Yeah, exactly. It all it all evens out, you know. And like the left doesn't understand this history. Um, and nowhere in the, in his little like attempts to be like, you know, you take the good with the bad. Does he say anything about them giving back a dime? of the literally trillions of dollars in wealth that they're uh, being the world's leading slave trading nation generated. Like every one of those jewels that's on Elizabeth head was like, basically came at the expense of like thousands of yeah, lives. But they enforced the rule on the high seas. <laughs> uh, also there's nowhere in that description. Is there any agency? It's just stuff that they acceded to because by that exactly. point it was a basically a fucking figurehead position. It's like, 
some fucking disgusting ghouls are like, hey, oi, we want to charter a boat so we can steal some, nick some Africans and take them to America. And some fucking syphilitic German guy just goes, who thinks that it's like, uh, uh, who's hallucinating that it's like fucking, uh, like King Arthur talking to him goes, yeah, go ahead. And then another uh, syphilitic German guy, hey, we're stopping slavery. Okay, go for it. Yeah, it's either like, way, not involved. It's like earlier when he was talking about like, oh, like uh, the Britain's constitutional monarchy was at the forefront of having a parliament. It's like, yeah, because like they agreed to it because they were forced to. Yeah. You know, like it's just like yeah, they, it they always, acceded it was, all. It was yeah. Never, it, 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 it's they weakened their power weakened over time because capitalism overtook uh, feudalism and monarchy is a feudal fucking uh, a feudal uh, political arrangement. That's it. They weren't like being persuaded of anything. They were just being having things dictated to them by psychotic uh, town dwelling Puritans. Uh, it goes on here. Um, and what about Britain's history as a colonial power? No one disputes that there were many dark episodes in the monarchy's <laughs> quest to expand and defend its empire. Many nations have a history of colonial adventurism. France, Spain, Portugal, Belgium, the Netherlands, Italy, Germany, Russia, Turkey, China, Japan, the United States. <laughs> Good. I'm glad he threw the United States in there at the end. Otherwise, it would uh, lack credibility. He goes, all have been engaged to varying degrees in empire building. Under Queen Victoria, at the peak of its power in the 19th century, the British Empire had no imperial rival. The legacy of its rule, though, is nothing like the dark kingdom of Mordor, feverishly imagined by the left. No, it's far worse. It's, it's real. far worse, because it's not at made up. Mord- at least Mordor, like, kind of had a goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, and like and like and, and mortar when they wanted to create like you know like uh, slave armies they would just like pull orcs out of a ground you know it wasn't like they were just like you know capturing people and like you know pressing them into service I, I, I can't engage on the factualness of of whatever Mordor is um, but like the effect of listing all these countries is also to suggest that like they were all just as their adventurism and colonialism was all just as bad well, as I mean, British colonialism like, no it's funny because like he's saying that like yeah like uh, oh colonialism is bad every country's got some skeletons in their closet but it just so happens that England was the biggest empire so we have the most skeletons in our closet i mean wait our closet this guy isn't even british the guy writing it. right some fucking american guy but i mean like i just love the, these attempts that he has to like you know be like you know uh he, he said at the beginning that like it's easy to, to bash the the history of the monarchy when you have a, like a, a stupefying ignorance of history and he's trying to give a history lesson here and doing like with stupefying the, ignorance the worst job possible and like i don't know uh exonerating these people from any of the things that they've done or like, or or make the case that there's any reason to continue having a royal family in any fucking country, especially England. Yeah, he's not really crediting the monarchy with anything. This is just a no. History. Yeah, it's totally passive in this. I mean, he's saying well, what you need is a place for people to just hang around and wear nice, wear shiny hats and to be curtsy to. They want they want there to always be a class of people who are just on top for no reason. Because that that's literally the the premise of the system that they support is 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 unearned in any sense wealth, and there is nobody on earth who has more who has less earned wealth than the royal family. Uh, he, he says here goes on to say, uh, no empire other than Great Britain brought to its colonies the technological tools, railroads, modern medicine, etc. Those are the only two examples he can think of are railroads <laughs> and modern medicine. Well, he thought of etc. Also, yeah, and go and the political ideals, capitalism, the rule of law, etc. 
that made possible the development of stable, egalitarian societies. Without the spread of British rule around the world, it is hard to believe that the structures of liberal capitalism would have been so successfully established in so many economies around the world, writes historian Niall Ferguson in his book Empire. I mean, yeah, there, there's Niall Ferguson Finally again. an expert. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, all it took was like a Holocaust level of people killed to, you know, make sure that the world was safe for liberal democratic capitalism. Also, on, on one hand, you have, you know, um, inventing slavery and doing colonialism around the world. And on the other hand, you have the creation of liberal capitalism. You know, who's to say one wasn't worth the other? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, they I, were intertwined in one. Necess- they both necessitated the other. They're part of a process. They're, and th- that's why talking about the past in moral terms is generally stupid because the good stuff and the bad stuff, however you define it, aren't really extricable. You can't pull one out and say, this was good. We should have just done this because the bad stuff is what, necess- what allowed and, in fact, required the good stuff to happen in both ways. It, it, it goes in both directions. This is always pointless for anybody on the left and right to like fixate on morality in the history. Uh, but like in this case, it's generated by the fact that for some insane reason, there are still fucking British royals hanging around. I, I like when he said, um, uh, like we, we brought rail, the, the British crown brought railroads and modern medicine to its colonies. The modern medicine he's talking about is opium. It's from the earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That yeah. Is, no, they yeah. Look, they're like, they blew up, uh, they, they, they bombarded uh, Hong Kong and burned down Beijing because the Chinese would not accept it. It's from the earth. It's not. <laughs> yeah, the Chinese, the Chinese were, the Chinese were trying to smoke like sort of evil laboratory made drugs. These very serious drugs that, you know, you or a family member, or maybe even your parents have been addicted to things like dro. He goes on to say nations that have violently rejected Britain's model of constitutionalism, China, Russia, the Arab states, have created human misery on an industrial scale. It's like, what, unlike the British Empire? Like, I, I just, I, again, like, I just all these attempts to exonerate it, just be like, well, uh, you know, other nations have created in, a human misery and exploitation on an industrial scale? Bet you didn't. Bet you feel, bet you feel well, pretty it, bad about insulting Prince Philip now. Well, it's also like, I like, first of all, I like how he just says the Arab states, you know, those completely uniform <laughs> governments that are all basically the same. But... The like anything bad about how those states formed was because of things either the British or French or both did. Yeah, as the legacy of colonialism. Like, it, it, you, it's like you created them, you fucking prick. You drew the map. Well, I mean, there's not not much else here. It says uh, Joseph Lacante is the director of the B. Kenneth Simon Center for American Studies at the Heritage Foundation. He is the author of. A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, and A Great War, which is being made into a documentary oh, film. Fuck, fuck off. You. Fuck off. God. Fuck off. I was, there is- ma- I was making myself mad the other day thinking of like uh, NRO, like Heritage Foundation and titles for articles. And I was, uh, that's worse than any of the ones I came up with. I got as far as uh, the jouissance of billiards. Uh, all right, so that's like, I mean, I guess this is my last point here on like the uh, the American rights newfound affection for the, the the British crown is that like in a way it's it's healthy because like this is all part and parcel of as Matt you pointed out earlier like this is the, this is their long term project and like they'll pick up anything that that, that sort of like uh, will bolster that and like by long term project I mean the ending democracy like they they are explicitly probably now more than ever explicitly anti democratic. 
And like they know full well now, if you listen to like the hearings today on D.C. statehood, that to the extent that America can become more of an actual democracy is only taking power away from them. Like if there is anything actually like, you know, a one person, one vote in this country, they would not fare very well at the polls. So, I mean, like it's just it's just it's just their attempt to like to claw back. Like I said, you said, Matt, like the British royal family is like a symbol of power that they find legitimate precisely because it is not democratic, that it is ordained by God. And it is a like is a hierarchy that is removed from democratic political concerns and like a popular will. And like that's what they find and like, you know, wish to emulate. I mean, like, I I think a lot of conservatives even just call themselves monarchists now because like they, you know, quite rightly and like honestly um, despise democracy. And like, you know, you may just shit. I mean, at this point, I basically hate it, too. But it's just, you know, like there there is no reason for any country to have some fucking goofy family wearing jewels stolen from the entire planet lording it over the rest of us what are what's the crown going to be based on if the monarchy ceases to exist though celebrity celebrity i I think honestly america should have a royal family but it should be like a rotating appointed by like who is the best celebrity well, so don't, don't you think he's kind of like pining for like i wish america had a monarchy because it would be like a great distraction you know if everyone was just watching these mascots like the right wing could continue its march on you know, reducing democracy or consolidating power, even as they become less and less powerful. Yeah, or, absolutely. And like, I was honestly, also, it's a, it's I a think, great distraction. It's I, a show. It's I entertainment. Think, I think also they look up to the Tory party as well, who's like one of the most successful political parties, despite being just grotesque and like failures in every other regard. Like democratically speaking, the Tories are doing great as they continue to like just 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 strip away like any veneer of like public services or democracy in England at this time. And like I said, like I think a, a lot of the right looks to like England as sort of a hope for the future. England and Brazil, I think are their two big hopes for the future, but not if Brazil gets to actually vote for Lula, then it'll be, then it'll be another target for regime change. Do you guys see, um, Bolsonaro had his birthday party. That was, so, that was such a funny and, video of yeah, him washing his hands he, in a fountain before cutting yeah he went out yeah he was like he so they were like they brought out his like stupid cake that was probably like i don't know they probably like shaped it like uh arnold in commando and uh he didn't have a plate he was just gonna eat it on his hands (laughs) he was like oh i should wash my hands and he went over to this like fucking disgusting like bright green moat and just <laughs> dipped his hand in he's like all right i'm ready 20 capybaras were sitting in it before he stuck his hands <laughs> yeah. in it yeah he's awesome last question and topic for today do y'all like sex nah no okay nah, well, not really okay well you were you are now in you are clearly now firmly in the mainstream of the American That's public. on trend. Being sex negative is on trend. It's, you know, is anyone having sex anymore? Uh, this is a question that's come up recently. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw that graph posted yesterday, but it basically purported to show that since 2008, there's been a huge increase in the number of men under 30 who have never had a sex partner or a female sexual partner. So I don't know if that counts Excuse guys who are, who are gay, but I mean, that, that could be throwing off the numbers. But the point is, you know, uh, the, for lack of a better word, the, the rise of the incel. I mean, this is a topic we've talked about before. The research but, was just a guy saying, fellas, y'all like sex, and everyone's saying no. But, you know, like, uh, this is the question people are beginning to get on, uh, concerned about is, like, you know, are Americans having enough sex? Are people just sort of withdrawing from pursuing sex? Or, like, are, among young men in particular, like, is America post-COVID, post-everything, like, headed for kind of a, 
hikikomori like japanese style like where it's just like population is declining no one is having sex like no one is reproducing there's just no because it's not just about people not having sex right it's about sex as a normal part in the in their minds as a normal part leading to reproduction or just like you know adulthood or just you know uh, romance fun excitement it just seems to be like yeah like people like it just no one's having sex anymore no one's horny it, or, or it seems that way, at least according to the data. And, you know, to, to, to confront this question, of course, is our old friend um, Ross Douthat, who... Um, a guy who loves sex. I mean, he, I mean this, this dude, he loves to pipe. He, he <laughs> loves... Okay, he, can I just say, I don't like that the new, your new phrase has become to pipe. I thought it was, it's laying pipe. It's not to... Pipe is not the verb. Don't look at me. I gotta live with her. <laughs> no, I mean, like, uh, so he, he's concerned about this, you know, as we all should be. And you know what? Like, he's got a new opinion piece in the New York Times that proves beyond any shadow of a doubt, as far as I'm concerned, that he listens to every single show of ours because he is. Give him a shout out. Hey, Ross. Ross, what's up, dude? Uh, yo, like, could we get a shout out maybe in your next column? Because we have been on the tip about there's been no boobs in movies. I mean, just almost. Almost as much as our crusade for squibs to bring real, oh my god, to real, 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 real violence back to movies. We've been talking forever about how there are no, but there's no more boobage in Every, movies. It's all, yeah, there's no more visceral anything. It's 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 totally deracinated. It's it's smoothed out. It's, well, to the to the extent that there's still violence, register. it's all CGI, and there's almost no yeah. sex. Or you know, the, yeah. the sex that they do show is a very like clinical. It's all in like kind of pre-approved modalities. It's not. You know, like the sex of 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 your the sex that you grew up on, pausing and rewinding the VHS. <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, you know, as as a sort of like a recurring theme on the show, it's just like these these social <laughs> problems do. Yeah, it's not having sex. Is a recurring theme on the <laughs> show. Uh, is is the way in which like the, the the all these issues get filtered into like a cultural war lens, and like this one becomes like you know, are men trash or not? And when really what we're talking about here is like that the economy was destroyed in 2008. And like that to me would be like the knock on effect about our men or our like a decline in marriage or reproduction is that just like any sort of path to economic stability or adulthood is like is is connected to material issues about like poverty and prosperity, like wealth and who's allowed to have it. Well, now the economy is fucked again. So I think we're going to see those exact same hallmarks of, oh, our, you know, basically our young men reaching these milestones of, you know, sexual maturity and adulthood, I think we're also going to see those increasingly just kind of fall by the wayside because no one has economic... There's like there's, there's less marriageable men because there's less, like, right. like, like jobs. Well, and yeah, like I, well, I mean, they're well, not... People they're, have fewer they're, prospects, well, they're, men they're, they're and women. Like, well, they're not even, like, getting started. Yes. Because it's like, you won't go to college or you, like, do remote learning. You'll be sort of, like, half in, half out, still living at your parents' house. You, like... You maybe like don't get a group of friends as easily as you did maybe like twenty years ago or so. Just like the situations that you get in where you do have sex as a young man or young woman just aren't as common now, even before COVID. I mean, I do think this is like a very interesting topic because I mean, as always, there was a mass shooting today and there was of course one, you know, last week. And every time this happens, there's this like a sort of thing that I basically do understand where it's like people take like the last media thing they remember or that they have a resentment over and they're like oh see well uh what about this that thing that vaguely connects to the mass murder that just happened 
which like I think is, you know, at best stupid and at worst like can just be like totally cynical and monstrous. Just basically like blaming some other idiot in media for just mass murder. But I feel like the reasons we have these I mean, they're not simple, but I feel like they're pretty identifiable. And one is that, you know, we live in a imperial nation that has repeatedly shown complete, just complete disregard for human life, for the human life, as long as they're something other than you in whatever way it's constructed, that you can kill literally millions of them. And it's basically fine if your intention was to make the world better, that it's, you know, that even it could just be a mistake. Like, Iraq is just a mistake. You know, we're just running into a bad time in Afghanistan. Even if you're against the war, it would be framed that way. And it just it makes human life very forgivable to lose. Just like, you know, the tens of thousands that die of completely preventable ways because of our healthcare system, because of how we see work, everything, everything. Uh, and then you have... Uh, increasing male isolation and alienation like the huge chunks of like kids just like don't like forget having sex they just like flat out don't have friends yeah and and, and to combine that with the third piece which is like very uniquely american a very like toxic individualism so if you're like there's nowhere for you to go you're already sort of pre-programmed to like not see some sort of like valor and heroism in killing scores of people. And if you're wrong, you know, you had the best of intentions. Uh, and then combine that with like, yeah, the toxic individualism where it's like, well, you're going to be a fucking loser in this life, but you, you will be your own media brand after you kill all these people and die and you will become immortal. It's like, yeah, no fucking course these happen. I don't, the problem is like, there's no simple way to, fix it i mean i honestly do think you'd see a lot less if there were a way for a better way for like young men to have like friendships or like do anything or like even have sex that of course like isn't a cure-all but i think you'd see like less of it but as for the rest of it i mean it's probably it's probably the king of easier said than done i also really do think we're going to like be paying for the long-term social effects of covid for a really long time in young people yeah uh not only is it like economically stunted an entire generation but i think it's socially stunted them um so i do i think we're going to see kind of like a failure to launch generation because of this lost year you know like this is this is not um, anywhere near as intense as, you know, losing your job and becoming homeless. But I just think about like my little brother is a freshman uh, in college now. And, you know, he basically missed out on his senior year of high school, which, you know, again, it, it's not like a life or death. But, you know, it's, it's like one of those kind of milestones. Benchmarks that everyone sort of you like, know, missed uh, out on like partying to. that summer. And like they had a weird digital graduation. And now, you know, he went to the big state school freshman year but didn't live in the dorms because of COVID and, you know, you can't really party. There aren't any big lecture halls. You know, it's just like his entire first year and part of, you know, his last year of high school has now been characterized by this kind of weird stuntedness. And now we're all about to be like foist back into some sense of normalcy. And I just think like, you know, at, at this kind of, at these tender moments where, 
you know, young men in particular are are kind of like their their brains are wiring for the rest of their lives in terms of can you make like the right social connections to other people and like build communities. I think like there's there's going to be a chip missing that you know, it's going to take us a long time to to realize or to even like help people find a path back to addressing it. Yeah, and there's just no there's no like actual solution to that that i could think that they would make right right i don't even know what it would look like well i mean i mean just to get back to ross for a second i mean like what what he's identifying here and we know look the thing is we know ross is a fan of movies i mean we know he had a poster for, of glad loves the he film. loves film uh, we know he had a poster of gladiator in his college dorm room <laughs> um so like he, he loves classic movies and what ross is identifying is a kind of uh something that you know we've noticed too i mean he's coming at it from a different angle obviously but what he's talking about is like this sort of uh, desexualization of popular culture, like like a, a like the un, un the unerotic American <laughs> is uh-huh. is what he's going for here. But like you know, we've talked about it before, like that 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 sex in popular culture, at least as far as movies go. I mean, sex has sort of been like shunted aside to like sort of streaming or premium cable television. But like movies themselves, is like he he does quote from that um uh I thought quite good R S uh, Benedict uh, essay about just why there's no more sex in movies and like they make the point about that like no one has like like male bodies and like like female like the form or whatever no one has ever looked like hotter or more chiseled in like see these superhero movies but no one's having sex like no one's fucking in movies yeah they're all sexless it's all it's all because very that's like, how you deemed, keep it super marketable and family friendly it's, it's just we have a, it's like it's like in movies especially it's this very like neutered uh, cultural it's, terrain it's right like now. It's like a sexuality without w- without an endpoint, and it's because like I, I think it's sort of like nobody really knows how to deal with sexuality and art anymore because it is it is so dangerous, and it's just like it's so it's so fraught about like how you depict it or like you know who gets to depict it or whatever. And like I think the interesting here th- thing here though is that Ross, as a culture warrior himself, is you know like, he is he is not movie mindset. He is cast out of movie mindset because he makes the same mistake that. Uh, a lot of other people like you know on the left or liberal side do which is that he wants movies to make people better he wants movies to like be the sort of like programming that will lead to a resurgence in marriage uh, having children younger buying homes and voting republican he's like if only we could bring back you know uh uh spencer tracy and Catherine hepburn or cary grant or whatever just like like the romantic screwball comedy of of yesteryear like uh, that'll give but like you know he's willing to accede that there can be like you know gross out boner comedies as well like he you know he talks about like like he Ross just wants tits back in movies and he's willing to like sacrifice like the raunchy sort of like uh, untoward ruder because sort at of least boner maybe stuff. it would get people fucking again yeah exactly like in exchange for um I don't know juicing the birth rate or something but like again like he is he is he is he's correctly identified something that that movie mindset is concerned with but he is. He is not of the body. He he is a, he is a, he is he is in perdition. He is he has in movie Gehenna, because he has the fundamentally the same problem, in which that he he wants movies to to uphold his political point of view. Like that is that is what he views as the point of movies. And to the extent that mo- no one's fucking in movies anymore, that's a problem because like he wants you know people to get married younger and to have families younger. Well, but if you think about it, all these sexless movies are perfect for this moment, right? Like now no one knows how to date, no one's fucking, and so it makes perfect sense that like when you see uh you know you watch the Snyder cut or something 
and who do we look at? We look at Superman. Like all of we we were watching it last night, and I go, "You guys are going to talk about it, um, not with women on the podcast." Um, but uh, like, there's no sex, there's no romance, like there's nothing. Like it, it really is like a kind of like a chicken or egg thing about is our culture reflecting the sexlessness of these movies, or are these movies perfectly reflecting the sexlessness of our culture? Well, it certainly didn't always. But that, this also wasn't the case because I think of like the first big superhero movie that I can think of, the Tim Burton Batmans. Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne, my, Batman in those movies is so horny. Like those movies are Mega only horny. about fucking. Like they are. Like yeah. he. Like it is very clear in the Tim Burton Batman's that he is only fighting crime because he wants to fuck women well, in a you, cave wearing know, a mask. But you know what I mean? Like watching the Snyder Cut last night, it was like there are hot people in it, but there are they are put in no context that could be read as sexual or containing any like sexual situation sexual tension right like it's it calls attention to the fact that it's like it's like negative space for sexuality i just think it's funny though because like ross has been a culture war scold like as long as we've been following him and i think it's funny that he's willing to just like he's like yeah, bring bring back the boners and blowjobs in movies. It's just like, what does the Catholic Church say about this, Rod? Really? Oh, no, Rod. Ross. Yeah, the Legion of Decency had a pretty <laughs> strong take that the culture should be protected from those sort of influences. Well, I mean, it's weird that the Snyder Cut is sexless because Snyder is like he's uh, notorious for one of the funniest sex scenes of all time. Oh hell yeah! One of the last. One of the last ones I can remember. That's true. Nudity uh, and everything. Slow motion yeah. humping with boobs. Yeah. In in uh, Watchmen. Yep. Hallelujah. Yeah. Which is like the sex scene you would make if you've never had sex. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, like uh, I, I haven't finished it, so maybe like I'm I'm still waiting for the Joker to appear. So maybe when he comes on, it's just going to be a twenty minute long unsimulated sex scene. Ropes. 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 Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> The the sexuality of Marvel movies is interesting to me because there is like male female attraction, but it's like it, it it's like it's like there's a decency code. Like it's so weird. Like all they can do is like like kiss each like just like a quick kiss and mostly like do soy bands with. Yeah, each it's other. like a new a new like Hollywood code era. Yeah, and it's all about it's keeping very, things marketable. Like, yeah, it's very like disconcerting, but I. I think like it does just reflect like a culture where people are like, yeah, having kids less. I mean, like all that's all that like stupid shit in conservative media about like hookup culture and shit. I mean, people are like have been having less sex for a while. And I think it's attributable entirely to sort of societal breakdown and economic reasons. I mean, yeah, like I, I don't and, think you uh, need to like necessarily yeah. like think there's like oh there should always be like a one to one ratio between sex having and child you know reproduction but like i mean i think like oh this is part and parcel of just like a a general feeling of like a loss of a belief in the future like like either either of ourselves like our own personal lives but like our like our our country our our you know species as a whole like I mean, and now, well, now the the new big thing on the right is that they're fucking like they're they're talk, like Tucker Carlson is talking a lot about dropping sperm counts. You know, like like this is a big panic now, and like for all, for all I know, it's probably true because of all the fucking chemicals and like plastics that we put no, in the is, fucking like, environment. For, yeah, like, it as is. As long uh, as we've been doing yeah, it, just, uh, we're we're on pace for zero sperm count by twenty forty five. But you're totally you're totally right awesome. though. Like you know, sex does not equal reproduction, but there is something life giving about sex. 
And so to that end, not having sex conveys like a deep-seated pessimism about the future. Yeah. yeah you can't get like, too attached to any of this shit. You don't know how long it's going to be around. Right. Right. And I mean, I was, I was saying like, yeah, child, like childbirth and stuff, but like even just, I was saying even just like people having sex is down and has been down for a while now. And that's like, I mean, maybe, beca- maybe because like, yeah, just casual sex where like two people meet and think each other are cool or attractive, or maybe the woman hates the man and wants to tweet uh, about it he's, later. He's, he's he recently bought a couch, <laughs> but she hates him in a way that's sexual. <laughs> has to have sex with him. See his new couch that he bought. This is, this is a it's Felix only six hundred dollars. He thought couches couches cost seven thousand dollars. You thought they cost like twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, the couch costs one hundred and eighty thousand dollars, and you pay it. <laughs> Louise in, Linton over here, you know, hundred hundred year installments. But uh, no, yeah, that's like it's like a beautiful mutual thing that isn't really like in and of itself monetized or monetizable, or I mean, it just like at its best, and people still do this. The few Americans who are still having sex have like a beautiful mutual social event <laughs> on a on a new don't couch have that anymore i just think it's like you know it's just like 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 everything else it's like we look at these like you know seemingly intractable social problems and we find ways to talk about them in which it is like all the responsibility of the individual for not being uh good enough or not doing x y or z and like you know though you know uh hookups sex fucking love intimacy family like these are not all these things are not synonyms for one another but it is hard to have like i mean it is rare to have like a sort of fulfilling life that you feel good about without some or or some combination of those things and to the extent to which it's those possibilities are being removed from both men and women um it it is is you know I, I, we're just talking about like you know the impoverishment of our like society and our future that is the direct result of material conditions and like uh, opportunities and just money and time that's being taken away from us. Maybe it's harder for people to have sex even when they are out in the world and are in situations where people in the past would more typically have casual sex because maybe it's just impossible to think beyond oneself now. Right. Yeah, like imagining the interiority of another person like yeah. uh, at enough of a, a, a like vividness to even imagine engaging with them. And like yeah. relating to them because we you also, can't relate to anybody outside of yourself. You can't conceive. I mean, it. yeah, that's like. I mean, why do like guys in high school like why? If I could think of like a singular reason, there are always a million reasons, but like a singular reason why they like have trouble with girls. And I think the singular, like the biggest one, is probably that they like think girls are a different species who like don't want to have sex, and you have to like a combination of like fool and impress them or something you have to show that you don't care about you have them to, like come up with the and right you, magical you, combination of words right. to like trick a woman yeah no like tr- tricking them yeah yeah and or unlock unlock you, something in her right but like as you get older you're like oh women are horny too women are also like women also like they seek the same sort of validation Desire. I, the, they want to, I, the that, feeling that of being I, desire. desire and validation that I that I seek, and that's not a bad thing. It's can be be- just casual sex can be beautiful in that sense that it's like yeah, two people kind of like 
validating each other's desires and they go their separate ways or whatever. But I think everyone is kind of permanently 14 years old now where it's like everyone else in the world is an alien creature yeah. who couldn't possibly have similar desires or interests. We're also atomized. Anything that they have. Yeah. And we've also totally lost any semblance. I, I know that this is new and like newer in like the last year, but we like we don't have any public spaces or, you know, a shared like in the absence of like shared stories or, you know, a, a meaningful shared culture outside of like Marvel movies. Like now we don't even have like shared neighborhood bars with which, you know, in which you could like run into someone that maybe like you'll meet and have a connection with. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Sad times in America. Yeah. I, oh, I like, I remember, I, I, sorry, I, I remember like when I was like in studying abroad. Uh, or two. Uh, yeah. No, absolutely. There are no women on this trip. Get them Where out of here. Where did you study abroad, Felix? Yuck. In Spain. And there was this kid in my class because it was like an international class type thing. It was actually the CIA. No, but, uh, everyone listening yeah. to this is thinking that. Yeah. But no, he was from Denmark. And I, I, I remember he, he was talking to like an Amer- a, another American guy who is like, uh, you know, like a nice, like kind of nerdy American guy. And he was explaining to him how like in Denmark you can go to a bar and just casually meet a woman. And if you like each other, you'll have sex. Like it's crazy. <laughs> like that's a crazy thing. But it like it kind of is for a lot of Americans now. Like a lot of Americans probably that is – very hard for them to imagine. Yeah, no. And um, I guess just to wrap things up here, you know, while not falling into the, uh, the, the trap that is, that is verboten in movie mindset, the belief that, uh, you know, movies can make the world a better place or make uh, a, this nation's politics better in any meaningful sense. I do think, though, I, I do, I just, I appreciate, though, that, like, it seems that there is an opening for some common ground on the left and right to both bring back squibs and actual violence in movies. Not well, not actual violence, but you know, like, I don't you know. know. Let's do it. No, <laughs> bring back snuff movies. Yeah, snuff uh, films. Let's bring do back it. practical effects. Just, we're talking about bodily fluids, like practical effects, like squibs. We want to see cum shots. We want to see squibs. Gratuitous nudity, and I don't mean this from like a misogynist bro perspective. Let's get some penises in movies too. Yeah, let's absolutely. Get some let's full get some. Oh yeah, absolutely. We film in penises in movies again. I want to yeah, see that, I mean, Tom we're on, Hardy's we're on dick. Zoom right I'm very now, curious I'm about what it penises. looks like. Women have been coasting off the fumes of that movie where Liam Neeson's flopper is just <laughs> fucking dangling around. That's like the only thing they got. Oh God, I remember it sh- Harvey Keitel and Bad when, Lieutenant. Uh, Fastbender is like like the he had his dick. You could see him like his dick from while he was peeing from behind. So that's how you know he's got. Yeah, a, yeah you can count the yeah, you, you can, can count the instances of hang. male full frontal nudity uh, no, in yeah, American Kevin movies. Kevin Bacon and Wild Things. Uh, Harvey Keitel and Bad Lieutenant. And then, like every other example, is some European movie. But like yeah. that's, that's a different yeah. genre. You yeah, can't, yeah, yeah. You can't like, judge it. like, like if you if you want to see, like, first of all, they used a prosthetic dick in Antichrist for Willem Dafoe. Because no, it, was, it was wasn't a prosthetic dick. It was a stunt dick. It was a real penis from a porn performer who was actually less well endowed than Willem Dafoe is apparently. Yeah, no, Let's because see he, it. his was distractingly big, and also like, unless you're a really fucked up woman, woman, which you know there are a lot of. That's a hard scene to jack off to because he just like gets his dick caved in by a fucking log during that scene. I don't know. Some women might like that. I don't know. Don't don't yuck my yum. Well, you know, I mean, I'm just saying. Like, it's just 
we need to, the, the the blood of life, the blood and the the fluid of life. Um, I think should be you know uh, filmed more often, and not in a pornographic context, like in in the context of a movie. We want to be excited. We want to we want to see life. We want to learn life. Life and, is about sex and death. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, like on, movies are about sex and death. Like movies are like how we deal with our anxiety about those things, or it's how it's what we want to be excited by is sex and violence. Yeah, I mean. To sort of like, you know, what you said about how movies can't change the world. I mean, I have the same view of all media. Like, yeah. I... Except I don't, blogs. As, blogs as can. Mu- as much... Blogs can. But, like, as much fun as I have, like, doing the show and as proud as I, I, as proud as I am of all the work we've done, yeah, I don't think it's changed the world, really, in any way. But I do think the best thing you can do is media the thing that can allow you to go to sleep at night sort of happy with what you're doing with your life is that they give people a reprieve or they give even better people something to look forward to. I think the best, and if movies, if movies had some type of visceral quality again, I don't know. It feels like everyone is watching these movies, but they're not enjoying them as much as they portray. I don't like, I think that's the feeling I get leaving like media or journalism and like comedy aside and just speaking specifically about like art and movies in particular like i don't think they can change the world or make it a better place but i think at, at their best and i'm talking even not like not just art films i'm talking even just like cheap crass entertainment like at their best i think that they crack open something in our in our minds they they're just like the movie magic does something where it, it 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 allows us to have a glimpse of like a better like a different way of being a different reality like something different inside ourselves that is maybe there it, that we can access it maybe just a tiny bit of it it just it it creates a possibility inside of us that wasn't there before and you know like like that possibility is you know like what 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 is this life for like why are we here what what makes it worth living and the answer is sex and death uh one of those things is coming inevitably the other the former uh less and less so which uh hastens the latter and cer- mm. certainly not to anyone on this call just kidding Fear the fear the old blood. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is that, that is the last word on that. Fear fear the old blood. But let's <laughs> let's 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 have some horniness in movies again, can we? Yeah, let's bring yeah. it back. Let's Come just on. bring it back. Chapel says, "Get out there and yeah, and yeah. Not, knock some boots." Yeah, no, uh, no. Yeah. Not- okay, if, okay, guys, guys, ladies, think of a member of the opposite sex. Picture them in your mind, the kind you would like. To mash their thing against your worm, or vice versa, uh, go up to them and uh, just go, uh, uh, capitalist realism, Mark Fisher, <laughs> and then fuck each other. <laughs> let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. COVID's over. COVID's fake. Let's go. Go out there. Come on. Let's go. COVID is not over and fake. Please do not cancel our fucking Patreon. <laughs> All right. Well, Google Majestic Twelve. <laughs> I would uh, I'd like to close out the, uh, the show by uh, thanking our our guest and uh, my love, Catherine Krieger. Oh, thank you. So we're, so we're talking about love and you know sex, so I'm feeling. Thank good. you. Thinking of you, baby. Oh. 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 Yeah. Why don't you guys go in a tree? And- <laughs> <laughs> we just we just might we just might. But uh, Catherine, uh, if people. Would like to more Catherine Krieger. What can they do? Where can they go? Uh, well, speaking of sex and death, um, it's our one year anniversary at Discourse Blog. And if you don't know about Discourse Blog, 
like some of the people on this call might not. Um, it's the former crew at Splinter, independent leftist media. If you're listening to Chapo, maybe you already like that. Maybe you already support us. Uh, but it's our one-year anniversary, our one-year birthday. Never thought we would make it this long. Um, you know, just like lefty analysis and news and cultural commentary. Uh, and we're having a birthday sale. It'll be up by the time this episode is live. 30% off an annual subscription with the code BIRTHDAY. Discourseblog.com slash subscribe. 30% off annual subscription. Code BIRTHDAY. Support some leftist media. We would love to have you. Check it out, everybody. Thank you. Thank you to Catherine, and thank you to Discourse Blog. Um, go check them out. Um, until next time, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.